Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think are underrated, underappreciated, underseen, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. I'm your host, Alice Oliver, and with me, as always, is Josh Hallam. Hi there, Josh. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. indeed. There he is. And this week, it was Josh's turn to pick the film, and he went with Green Lantern from 2011. So let's get stuck in. Well then, Josh, you were pretty excited about this one. And here it is. The time has come. Josh picked Green Lantern listeners from 2011. So, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen it, Josh, why on earth did you pick this film? But first, what's it about? A Green Lantern, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, uh, without getting too heavy into the lore and the comic book stuff of Green Lantern... Ryan Reynolds is Hal Jordan. He's a pretty obnoxious fighter pilot. Uh, One day he finds a dead or dying purple alien who gives him a green ring. The green ring gives him superpowers because it makes him one of the Green Lanterns who are a sort of almost like a police service of the universe um, powered by the power of will. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, he becomes a, he becomes a Green Lantern, and it goes from there pretty much um, without going too much into it. So that's what it's about. Why did I pick it? Well, oh, I'm excited to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, I've had this on my list for a little while, okay. and we've always avoided throughout the whole life of the podcast talking particularly about massive franchises, particularly comic book movies. Sure, but. This isn't really part of a franchise because it didn't go anywhere. And the reason it didn't go anywhere is got an it got an absolute kick in when it came out. It got mm-hmm. absolutely slated. Oh, dear. Some people always some people say things like it's one of the worst films ever made. Ryan mm. Reynolds himself has poked fun at the film. Oh, poor Ryan. <laughs> so I think that the film is flawed. I do think it's flawed. I'm not going into it saying it's a masterpiece, but mm-hmm. I wanted to start in 2022 with a bang. I think, bold statement going into the year, that this is not as bad as some people say that it is. Okay. So had you seen it before? I don't think you had though, had you? I hadn't seen it, but I was semi-aware 
of this reputation of yes. it being not very well received. A lot of the noise I heard about it was Ryan Reynolds's CGI'd outfit costume, his superhero getup, shall we say? I got and a lot that, to say about that. And that was the kind of the main thing. That was the main thing I heard. Like, oh yeah, people thought it was terrible. Like it didn't look like it was attached to him and all this. But then apart from that, I hadn't really heard anything else. So I went into it with. I guess some expectation, but not loads and not having that much knowledge of the film. I have only quite recently, I mean, when I was a kid, I loved Superman and I loved the Superman films and I did enjoy Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Apart from that, I hadn't really been into superhero films until lockdown and I went back and I watched all the Marvel films. I think it started when... Um, I kind of got into uh, Captain America because of Chris Evans, really. Chris Evans, I've watched like I can't, I can't remember if I watched Civil War or, or one of them, and I was you like, "Love Chris Evans, don't you? I do. I think he's great. I think he's a fabulous actor." So I've kind of gone, I've kind of backtracked basically, and I've been watching loads of superhero films, and now I'm like, I'm totally invested. I'm in it, and like any new sort of superhero Marvel DC thing that comes out, I will watch it. I am on that bandwagon firmly now. So I was excited to watch this. So. You think it's underrated. Tell me and the listeners some of the reasons why you like this film. Okay, so, right. And I've already said this, I'll say it again. There are flaws to this film. There are. But no one's arguing with you over that, yeah, Josh. <laughs> but but I think it has a lot of redeeming features. First of all, I think it looks pretty spectacular in a lot of ways. Mm. I have issues with the costume, I do, right? But my issue with the costume isn't actually all of the costume. It's the mask. I think the mask Same. looks shit. 100%. But I think the costume looks great. People sort of going, it doesn't look real. It is not real though, is it? Mm -hmm. He has a ring that can do anything powered by will. What are you looking for? A fucking Ken Loach film? Yeah. Right. Anyway, <laughs> I've, I've got a lot to say, Alice. Go oh, on, I'm excited. Right. Go, lay So I on think me. it looks really good. I think, mm -hmm. it, I think there's some good CGI in there as well as bad CGI. I really like the world building. I think you can go into this, and I'm interested to know your take on this. I think you can go into this not knowing a lot about the comics and not be too overwhelmed. I don't think it's too hard a concept to get your head round. There's loads of really great looking aliens. So in the universe, it's split up into quadrants. Every quadrant has a Green Lantern. Each Green Lantern is sort of responsible for millions or thousands of planets or galaxies. And they're all different. There's loads of different ones. And I think they pay really great attention because I do like the comics as well. They pay really great attention to putting some of the characters from the comics in it, even if it's just in the background. So for example, there is an alien in it that is in the comics which is, I think he's from a planet that is entirely in darkness and nobody, none of the creatures on the planet can see. So obviously it's not much use being the Green Lantern, is it? Mm -hmm. So his ring makes a sound that is pleasurable to his race's ears. Mm -hmm. And there's things like that. He is just in the background. And there's loads of really great looking... Uh, aliens in there you've got tomar ray who's voiced by jeffrey rush kilowog who's voiced by the late great michael clark duncan i think sinestro who is oh come on mark he looks strong. great oh what mark a strong. delight and he what loved doing delight. this as well i i i had a friend who did a film with him um Ooh. as in a background role and he spoke yeah, to him yeah. and he said to him 
I really loved Green Lantern, even though it got a bad oh. reputation. And he said, so did I. I really loved doing it. And I really mm. wish it... Because in the comics, again, and it alludes to this in the post credits scene, spoilers if you've not seen it, just cut to 10 seconds later, but Sinestro is sort of Green Lantern's Lex Luthor or Joker. He's his big, mm-hmm. big bad guy. And in this world, all the different colours are different emotions. So green is willpower and yellow is the power of fear. And he takes the power of fear They've made it into a ring and he wears that and that turns him into a yellow lantern or a part of the Sinestro core. And I just think he looks great in it. He he really owns the part. Every scene he's in, you just can't help but watch him. And that says something because considering he sort of just looks like it's Mark Strong with a big head and a really bad sunburn mm-hmm. all the way through it. And a little twiddly moustache. He's got a little twiddly moustache. You love well. them on your villains. I love a little twiddly moustache. I, I can't <laughs> help it. What can I say? It's a it's a dick dastardly moustache, isn't it? That's what Absolutely. he's got. Um, I just think I think it's good. I think it looks amazing. I think they build a really good world. Um, I would agree with you on some of the way that it looks. Yeah. So a lot of the space stuff. So there's epic. planets, there's galaxies, there's stars. I really enjoyed all that. The word I, for me is epic. That's what epic. brought to mind. Wow, yeah. you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't necessarily mean in the sense of like gladiator is epic. Mm-hmm. I mean like it looks, I think you can feel the, it, it makes everything feel big. It does a really mm-hmm. good job of making stuff feel big. Sorry, as you were saying, the world. Yeah, no, I but I completely agree. I love I love space stuff. Like mm. I if something's got space things in it, I'm instantly hooked. Like whether it's spaceships, the stars, the galaxies, just the brilliant colors and the the creativity that can come with it. You've seen uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Love and them. in particular, yeah, the second yeah. one, the second yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is just incredible. The way they create these worlds, these like intergalactic worlds. And there was a little bit of that in this. There was hints yeah. of that. Like they're on this planet uh Oa. I believe. Yep. That's and like the way... headquarters, I guess. Yes, exactly. And the way they designed that, I thought was beautiful. Uh, so when we were in space, I really did like the visuals and I thought they were pretty good. Uh, what else did you like about this, Josh? So I also think that it's pretty well cast. I've already touched on Mark oh, Strong. What a supporting cast. Oh, it's great. My goodness. You got Sorry, go on. Ryan Reynolds. So he's in there. Now, I believe from what I've read... He didn't have a great time making this film. I believe oh, he really? clashed with the director, right? Ah, I'm not gonna oh I'm not gonna go into that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was 10 years ago and I don't know how or what went down. But I think Ryan Reynolds is really good in this. I believe one of the problems was that the director only wanted Bradley Cooper, right? Now Bradley Cooper would have smashed oh, it as well. I think Bradley Cooper would have smashed it. But I really like Ryan Reynolds. I think he's quite likable. Really like I mean, he does that Ryan Reynolds stick very well as we've mentioned when we've done other films, particularly Just Friends when Jermaine came on. Yeah, of course. That I think he is likeable as hell. Mm -hmm. He's charismatic, but he's also obnoxious and arrogant and a bit thoughtless, a bit of a dick at times as well. So I think he is a good lead. Touched on Mark Strong, I think he's good. I do think Blake Lively's quite good in it as well. I think she's got some good moments. She's a little bit underwritten. I can see you shaking your head, but we'll come on to that. (laughs) I think, I think... You know, we got Tim Robbins in there, Tim Angela Robbins. Bassett. He, he turns up in some of the most random things, doesn't oh, he, he does. Tim Robbins? He, do, he, he sort of just does what he wants, because he'll do yeah. this. He'll turn up in, like, he's in Austin Powers at one point, but then he'll do... War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, uh, High Fidelity, he's in. And then, obviously, Shawshank and all the other things that we know that he's in. Um, I really like Peter Sarsgaard in this. I remember yeah. watching it, finding, yeah. it, finding his performance annoying. And when I've looked back at it now, 
it is a bit hammy. It is a bit cartoony, but it's quite a cartoony part. And he just looks like he's having the time of his life. He's a superhero villain. The big right? He's a and, villain in yeah. the superhero story. They are very, they're very yeah. cartoony. Yeah. They're very over the top. So we need clear indications of who the bad guy yeah. is. And you Absolutely. get that in this. <laughs> twiddly mustaches. I think Absolutely. both of the people a lot of people in this have twiddly mustaches. Does Parallax have a twiddly mustache? I can't oh, remember. Maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of twiddly mustaches in this. It should have been called the twiddly mustache lantern. Um, but <laughs> so I think it's well cast. I do think. We'll come on to Blake Lively's character. She might be a bit underwritten, but I do think there's a good chemistry between those two, which probably checks out considering that they are now married. Now married, <laughs> but, married with um, a family. With, yeah. yeah, with a couple of kids. So um, ultimately, that's all the stuff I like about it. I think it's got an epicness to it, particularly the space scenes, which I've already talked about. And my main point, which I which I hope you agree with, but I'll see, and I'm and I'm crossing my fingers to see what you think. But I think considering how much this cost. I think it did enough to earn a sequel. It is not perfect. It is flawed. But I think it sets up the world enough that if it had been successful, more could have been done with that world because it's almost got limitless potential considering the whole concept of it. But I am, I am, I'm on tenterhooks here. What did you think? I thought it was all right. Like, I did think yeah. it was okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't feel the hatred that uh, I think a lot of people do feel for it. Um, a lot of the things that you've already said, some of the visuals were brilliant. Some of them were not. And yeah. we'll get on to those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will. <laughs> uh, I really love the underground... What are they in? There's, like this underground lab. So Angela Bassett's character, and is it Skarsgård's, his character? So it's, I think it's... So I always Hector. get it confused because That's of, him, because of the Skarsgård family, like Stellan yeah. and Bill and Alexander. I think it's Sarsgård. Oh, excuse me, Sarsgård. But I, 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 I can't be too sure. But yeah, Hector Hammond. So Hector. So we've got Hector. He spends a lot of time in this underground kind of lab, like engineering room sort of thing. And there's these great big mechanisms and there's this huge circle that's going round and round and it's all kind of like bright orange and purple. And it looks like it might be a portal to another world, but I don't think you really find out what it is. But those kind of visuals were really, really good. Um, I really like the theme of Will being your superpower, of, yeah. of Will uh, generating your superpower. It's quite a positive message. Like that's a good thing for kids to be learning, you know, the way to conquer your fear, the way to conquer darkness is to be brave and have will and to make yourself kind of overcome these hurdles that you face and to have courage and stuff. I thought those were all really good messages. Uh, everything had a bit of a green tint to it, which, mm. you know, I'm here for that. Let's have a bit of a theme. We've got it. Do some Matrix for me, you know. Well, you're from Wales. It. Green, exactly, exactly. I mean? The land of my father's. Green, <laughs> green glass of home. There we are. Um, I liked Hector's great big prosthetic head like that was yeah. another part of the visuals that big quite head, good. mustache yeah like the prosthetics the makeup like you said with the aliens i thought that was all very good you could see that a lot of work have gone had gone into that uh taika waititi i love of seeing course, him yeah, I, I thought he he did really well i also liked the way they depicted parallax and especially when he came down onto earth and he's like this big scary smoke monster and those CGI bits didn't look too bad. Mm. It certainly felt like it was trying to do something that maybe it wasn't quite ready for. I wonder if this had come out 10 years later 
because the potential is there. The story is there. I was a little bit confused at first, uh, you know, uh, and we've got this beginning where it's a bit of uh, voiceover, a bit of narration, I think, and they're trying to kind of explain who's who and what's what and what's been going on in the galaxy. Some of that I found a little bit hard to follow, but you do kind of catch up as you go on. Um, but like you say, and about a sequel, it you you could be ready for a sequel for that. So I love Mark Strong, right? When yeah. we watched Stardust, he, for me, was the standout in that as Septimus. I he's just fantastic. thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I would have, I want to see that film. I want to see him being the villain. I want to see him. That's why. Sinestro going up against this Green Lantern, I'd, I, yeah. think, I'd, yeah. I think. I think, I don't think we're the only ones who'd watch that. I would watch that. I would watch that now. It can still be made. We've still got Mark Strong. We've still got Ryan Reynolds. I know he's taking a little break from acting for now, but I would watch that. And like you say, the possibilities are endless because we're spanning across the galaxy at this point. It's like what Marvel did with Captain Marvel. She can travel anywhere she wants. And so that opens the doors for anything. You can literally make anything happen. And we've seen it happen with Guardians of the Galaxy and I keep going on about it. It's just I only saw the second one recently and I was really blown away and I thought it was great and I cried a little bit. That's amazing. So now I'm just Fantastic. like, oh, I love it. I'm so here for Guardians. And I feel like this had some of the similar energy to that and it could have been as good. But there were a few things that let it down. So we will move on now to things that perhaps we didn't like about the film or that we would change. So Josh, where do we start with this for you? So I've already said it. There are flaws. There are issues with this film. A couple of things for me. First of all, pacing. I know we've talked about it again in other episodes. It starts really well. I think it starts really well with a good exposition dump. I know some people don't like it, but I think that the beginning is good. And I think it's important for those people who perhaps aren't familiar with the comics and the story and the concept. Then it drops off a little bit. Then it picks back up again when he goes to the planet and gets his powers. Then it sort of drops off again and then it builds to a climax. It's a bit like, it's a bit up and down. It's a bit all over the place. It is boring in parts. As I've said, I think Blake Lively's character is underwritten and I can see you were sort of shaking your head and I was saying that. Um, So I thought... When she first come on screen and, you know, was just getting into the film, I thought she was a bad actor. And then Mm. about halfway through, I kind of realized, no, she isn't a bad actor. She's just not been given enough to do. And there isn't enough about her character. That's that's kind of how I thought. I, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. So I didn't really have anything else to go off. I think she'd been in like Gossip Girl or something, but that's not something I'd seen. And made a name from. Yeah, and then for me, she's just always been Ryan Reynolds' wife. So then I saw her and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see her. And at first, yeah, I was a bit like, nah, she's not good. And then I was like, nah, hang on a minute. The writing around her just isn't strong enough. Because she did. I thought she had a few good moments. Yeah, and she's just not fleshed out enough as a character. Mm -hmm. She's just a bit bit one note and a bit damsel in distress. They make a few attempts with little bits of dialogue, which do work, but there's, there's not enough of it. I think to carry it through. So I, yeah, I agree with you that she is, she is underwritten. Um, Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch, your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I would say another issue for me is um, I think it needed a more compelling villain. I think okay, Parallax yeah. is a good villain, but this was in the era before we had really good villains, before we had Thanos and other mm. good villains like Loki and things like that. So it's a big cloud. Mm-hmm. And it sort of ominously moves its way towards Earth. And that's really it. I don't think we get enough from Parallax. I think Hector is a good villain. I think there yeah. would have, with a few tweaks, you could have perhaps intertwined the two so that we got a bit more from Hector and a bit less from Parallax. So perhaps Parallax is there as a threat, but he doesn't necessarily, you know, he's not necessarily, you know, the way that, for example, in some of the Marvel films before Thanos is in it, he's there and you know he's there mm-hmm. and he's looming over everything. Yeah, yeah. But he's not there. And I think it needed a bit more of that. I think we perhaps, you you make Hector the main villain Mm -hmm. and then Parallax is looming over everything and and have that more as a plot device. So I do think that's an issue. Um, Some of the script is a little clunky, which comes back to the Blake Lively character, but also little bits of dialogue where, you know, I don't really think we need that much of Ryan Reynolds wants to be like his dad. Mm. Uh, I don't think we need that. There's a few plot holes as well. So, for example, there's a bit where Hector is in the lab and he's trying to kill his dad and he's trying to kill Amanda Waller, who's a scientist who's working with him. And Ryan Reynolds, uh, sorry, Green Lantern just shows up out of nowhere. And there's no indication about how he would know that was going on. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to say he's like Superman and has super hearing. I think Mm -hmm. in the comics there is stuff that tells him where the danger is linked to the ring. But... If you don't know the comics, you wouldn't know that. So it just seems to just turn up. So there are a few flaws with the script. Um, it is a bit clunky. As I've already said, 
I don't mind the costume, but I hate the mask. I hate the mask. This is what I was thinking the whole way through. I was like, oh, the costumes are actually that bad. But that bloody mask looks Looks like it was awful. done on paint, doesn't it? It looks so bad. Yeah. I was just like, just take that off. And it, what it does to his eyes as well, I think his eyes go like a really bright blue. Yeah. And it just looks weird. Like it doesn't look, I don't know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a disguise. It doesn't look heroic. It just looks odd. And I was like, I don't like this. And it is mm. distracting. So is that what people mean when they say they don't like the costume that it's the mask or is it the actual physical you know on his body i the think green it's stuff? that it's all cgi okay yeah and i think people prefer practical costumes except yeah. where that's not possible in things like the hulk or the thanos or whatever mm. um i think that's what they mean that's the general consensus i've get i've gotten from the critical why reception why didn't they why didn't they do that why not just put him in a green leotard or something like i don't know worked. because the guy the guy who writes it or wrote the script or part of the script has written a lot of he's written a lot of green lantern comics mm. um maybe it's just a stylistic choice because it maybe when he's surrounded by that much cgi it might look a bit shit if he's in a leotard but as i've said my problem is not with the costume on his body it's just the mask yeah, same, that just same. needs changing maybe mm. the mask needed to be more physical i don't know but it is it is an issue for me. So what else? What else? Because I know you've got other issues with it. So hit me with them. What are they? So some some of the CGI was quite bad, and it was strange because some of it was quite good. So you know the space, the aliens, all that was good. But the so when he's flying in the jets at the beginning, all that CGI is terrible. Mm. And I just kept thinking about Top Gun and obviously using actual jets and the way they shot that. And I was like, why haven't you done that? But you know, maybe the budget wasn't as large and there were, you know, more complications. But it was just, it was really bad uh that the jets and the CGI all to do with that did not like that at all. Uh the way that Hal comes across the alien and how he gets the ring i found all that a little bit messy i would have liked a little bit more story development and progress when it came to that like maybe he'd been watching hal for a bit or, or something mm. or he'd been on earth for a bit it just all felt very why sudden. Should, why why would it pick him because exactly i guess like he the, just the realization is supposed to be towards the end isn't it that it's not about being fearless it's about having the over ability to overcome your fears sure but, but we don't really get that we don't but we don't know that till the end or whatever do mm. we so when it's happening at the beginning i was just like i was just like why why is this happening i wanted a bit more either a bit more from that alien or maybe a bit more from how just somewhere maybe put a few more a few more strings of narrative in there to bring it all together nicely and, and securely and then taika watiti just kind of finds him oh no he phones him doesn't he to be fair he does phone him and he comes over so yeah that's that one solved um <laughs> when so when hal crashes the jet on purpose so they're trying out this new software or something aren't they in these jets to make them the most powerful jets there ever was yeah right? they're, like, they're like ai jets the whole jet thing is it's like a pilotless system or something right so then hal crashes his kind of intentionally really and he yeah. says the whole point was to kind of test it and you know oh, to make the next round of them better i did you a favor and all this and then you know everyone's really angry at him and all this da 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 but then when he sees carol later on in the bar she says like, oh, well, actually, we've managed to change the altitude on the jet. So you actually did us a favor and all this. And it's like, yeah, he said that. 
He said that when he did it. Mm, yeah, he said he'd done you yeah. a favor. Now you're coming at him like you're saying that for the first time, and he seems to have no recollection of the fact that he said that as well. So it was just a bit of a hole and a bit of a disconnect from one moment in the film to the next. Uh, I absolutely hated the dead dad flashbacks. They were terrible. They were so cheesy and so corny that they were funny. It was laughable. That's yeah. not what you want when you're building your character's origin story. It needs to be gripping. It needs to be tragic. His dad died in horrific circumstances. He saw it happen. This plane crashed and then exploded and he saw his dad die. You could make that so, so powerful and they just missed the mark completely. We've seen so many dead mum and dad superhero yeah, storylines or dead uncle fine. ben or dead whatever, whatever. it's gonna happen it's yeah. always a dead parent um yeah have you seen much south park no i have not actually have oh okay so there's there's an episode in that where basically their woodwork teacher he he has an ex-wife who died tragically and he's really pained by it and he's got a photo of her on his desk and stuff and he keeps having these flashbacks of her, she died in a plane crash too, <laughs> of her being in this plane and like she gets into the plane and she's like, watch me Richard, watch me, I love you and all this. And it reminded me of that. That's Green not what you want. reminded you of South Park. Exactly. And that's not what you want when you're trying to make a serious moment in your film. So there needed to be more care and consideration about that. That was avoidable. Show like don't tell stuff... again though, isn't it? It's don't tell us his dad has died with dialogue. Just Not show like us, that. just show him as a kid watching the... We don't need the whole, here's my jacket and, oh, I'll be right back, son. It and was again, too much. We, we just need flashback, hit little Ryan Reynolds, watch his dad, plane explodes, then back into reality. You know, that's all we need. I, I am going to find out which episode of South Park this is and I'm going to ask you to watch it because okay. I can't tell you, honestly, <laughs> how similar it is. So this is where my mind was and... and this I feel like this was really avoidable. Obviously, a lot of the things with the CGI, I do feel like it was a little bit ahead of its time. If it had waited 10 years to do mm. this story, I think it would have been in a much, much stronger position CGI-wise. I do wonder if maybe the budget was very restricted and they just, you know, they didn't have the money to to do the kind of equivalent of Marvel or Star Wars CGI think, or whatever it may be. I think from what I've read, it had a massive budget. But I oh, think what? It, well, where did I, it go? <laughs> I think I think I agree with you there. I think the problem was it's not a low budget. I think it had a massive budget. I think it's about what they did with it. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception of the film. So I haven't seen this and I didn't think it was going to be too great coming into it. But judging basically how you spoke about it at the beginning leads me to believe that perhaps it did even worse than I initially thought. So let's have a think. I, I think before you started speaking, no, it can't be a six. See, I was thinking I'd give it a six, maybe. It can't be a six. I'll say I've never given anything a four before. Oh, no, that's a lie. Actually, we've had a couple of, couple of bad films, haven't we? give this a four? Mm, or maybe that, I think that's what, I think that's what it a got, four? probably. Oh, that's what you think? I, what would you I give probably it? Would, I'd give it a five, yeah. maybe, a 5.5. Yeah. 5. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. No, it's, no, it really wasn't. It's fine. But I would say I'll go four. four. That's a low one for me. Okay. And I'll sit, I'll sit bang on okay. the four. So. Go on. Just to remind everyone, I picked this because I think it is not as bad as the critics suggest. Mm -hmm. And here's what the internet 
that we use says. <laughs> At the time of recording, IMDb gives it 5.5 out of okay. 10. Okay. Hey. Hey. Average. Right? Rotten That's Tomatoes, however. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the audience give it 45%. Okay. Okay. And the critics give it... 26%. E. Mm. I think mm. I think that is far far too low. It is not okay. a perfect film. It is flawed. Mm-hmm. I would score it slightly higher than you. I'd probably give it 6 maybe. Mm-hmm. It is not perfect, but it is by no means for me 26% bad. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I think there are enough redeemable things about it i feel like our likes section then of this episode was quite long and there was there was some substance to that yeah i agree that that 26 i think is is incredibly harsh but the imdb score i I think i'd probably sit with the imdb score i I would say i'd say not yeah 5.56 that's fine that's fine but we're talking about the critics which is usually the barometer 26 percent. that's far too low certainly and i think overall it is it is definitely underrated and it's it's i feel like people have so many harsh things to say about it without commenting on the good things exactly. but that's what we're here and for and i almost isn't think it? with films sometimes that the mythos around something being bad snowballs and things become worse than they are mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it is you know we've covered some famously bad films and what by which i mean we're not saying they're bad but speed 2 grease 2 this even other films we've done that aren't as well known are, are considered bad. And I think almost the legend and the myth of how bad they are becomes more that, than it actually is. So if you watch it and you look at it, it's like me So like me and my friend, one of the things we always do when we hang out, because we don't get to do it very often, is quite often watch Batman and Robin, right? We'll have a few beers and we'll watch Batman and Robin because we always say it's bad right but i've never not had a good time watching that film Mm -hmm. Mm because it's a right laugh because it's so campy and it's so you know it's such a visual spectacle it's so daft and Mm -hmm. this is i'm not saying it's like that but what i'm saying is it it's not as bad as i think its legend would suggest and i think people need to make up their own minds about it and watch it so that being said are we putting green lantern in the underrated vault along with the others josh I will let this happen. Oh. And I think it is the right I'm so, decision. I'm so glad. Bet you I'm didn't so see glad. that coming, listeners. <laughs> Green Lantern is underrated. Underrated. However, we're going to do another film next week, and it's Alice's turn to pick. So, Alice, lot to live up to. What are we watching next week? So, I thought it was about time I did another listener suggestion. Oh, yes. Josh. This is a very special one. So <laughs> the listener is a man called Roger, otherwise known as my dad. Ah. So there's a film he's been trying to get me to watch for years. He's brought it up on many, many occasions, and I never have. So his way of getting it to getting me to watch it is that he wrote into the show and told me <laughs> that we should watch. Oh, Roger. I'm not even joking. Told me that we should watch Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. And I'll give you all the justification as to why next week. But there you go. Blue Velvet, if you haven't watched it, listeners, get that watched. Okay, next week we will be watching and talking about 
Blue Velvet. So go and give it a watch if you've not already seen it and come back next week to hear what we think about it. In the meantime, um, please do get in touch like Roger has. <laughs> if you've got yeah. a film. Hey, send us an email. Send us an email. We'll do it. We'll put um, it in the pile. Films and that pod at <laughs> gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. Just search for Just Films and That wherever your social medias are. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them. Check us out. We try and put some content, film-related content out there as often as we can. And you can usually get in touch with us via them if you want to. Um, well, all that remains to be said then is next week we're going to be watching Blue Velvet. I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm glad that Green Green Lantern, we've gone from green to blue. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. So next week we're watching Blue Velvet. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for watching Green Lantern, Alice. And it's been a pleasure as always. <laughs> no problem at all, Josh. I'd do that just for you. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. And please let us know what you think about Green Lantern. Yes, please do. And <laughs> it is goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.